Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. Again, thank you for being here and for worshiping with us this morning. I am uh, excited to continue on in our series that we've started a number of weeks back entitled Reset. And uh, as I've shared every week, this is kind of really just kind of that reset button that we could kind of go back and, and, and I don't want to say that we can start over, but kind of start over. And we've been talking about our core values here at Oasis Baptist Church. And uh, back in November, we launched some new core values and new mission and vision and, and all of those things here. And so I, I'm preaching through them for the first time, as opposed to just sharing it more on a vision type of an evening. But uh, it's kind of hard to believe that we're almost into February. Can you believe that? I guess you can and I can't, but that's okay. Um, but no, it's, we're, we're already nearly into February, and uh, I, I, I think the older that I, I've been told this, that the older that you get, the time goes a little bit faster. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sensing some of that. And I don't know, I'm not saying that I'm getting old, but uh, I like the fact that people tell me that, oh, you're such a young pastor, you're such a young pastor. And uh, my wife reminds me of all my gray hairs, and so do my kids. The other day, my, my little Riley Bell, she's like, Dad, you've got a lot of gray over there. And I'm like, Riley, shut your mouth. Thank you. That's bed quick tonight. That's what that is. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to believe that we are in February and we're coming upon about halfway, really next week being the end of this series that we started here at the beginning of January, but uh, I've had a a great time just kind of studying and re-going back through all of these core values that we've put into place here at Oasis and uh, looking at our mission and re-evaluating and going back through these last few weeks, and uh, I pray that it's been an encouragement to you, I pray that it's been something that you're able to kind of put your finger on as to who Oasis is and, and kind of some of the direction that we're going and, and uh, really what God has, has been doing here at our church. And so I feel this week as we, we kind of really, each week I think I've said the kind of the same thing and it's just building on top of the next and we started, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you, what was our, core, our first core value? Man, hey, let's try this again because I know we know this, right? All right. Otherwise, I've done a horrific job of teaching over the last few weeks, and I want to retrain myself or something. I don't know. All right, help me out. What was our first core value that we went through back in the beginning of January? To know him. Very good. All right, then after that, let's go to our next one. The next one is to worship. Last week was... Walk with Him, and this week we're going to talk about share Him. And each one of these really, like I said, just builds right on top of the next. It starts with our knowledge of of coming to know Christ, first and foremost, of knowing Him as our personal Savior. And then once we come to know Christ as our personal Savior, and we've we've accepted Him, and and we we have started a relationship with Christ, after that we continue to grow in who He is. And we, we, we come to a service like this, or we go to Sunday school, or maybe our discipleship classes, or different things that we do, and we do our best to, to know Him and to grow in Him. Then from there, it's a natural thing that we would, we would develop 
a heart of worship. And in that heart of worship is really just, it's really who we are. It's not so much that we came on a Sunday morning and we sang some songs and raised our hands, but a true heart of worship being everything that we are. It's the heartbeat of who we are as an individual, as a believer. And from there, the outpour of that is that we would walk with Him. And I shared last week that walking with Him isn't just, um, it's not just that relationship side of things. And as we look at walk with Him within our core values, it's really our acting out our Christian lives. Serving in ministry or serving in your place of work or um, all of those different things. I used the passage of Scripture last week that we would abide in Him. And so as we go through what our daily lives are, that we are just living in Him. We are abiding in who Christ is. And then this week is really, I I almost like to think that this week is kind of, it's maybe more of a gut check for many of us than anything. Because I think if, if I'll speak, I'm going to speak kind of candidly about myself today a little bit. And for some of you that's, fairly normal. I try to be pretty honest and open, but I'm going to share a couple things about myself. But I know for me to walk with him and to do some of these other things, we can really kind of put out the facade a lot differently than when it comes to me sharing my faith. I can serve, and this may sound arrogant, but I can serve with the best of them. I have no problem cleaning toilets. I have no problem vacuuming. I have no problem doing a lot of things. Sharing Him and truly walking up to people and and inviting people to church and, and going maybe outside of our comfort zones for some of us, that becomes a lot more difficult for me personally. I don't know about you, but for me personally, sometimes it's not because I don't know it. It's not because of... But my personality... And I've shared this many times. I would much rather sit in a corner and watch everybody do their thing than me to engage into a group setting. Because that's just my personality. I went to a conference with about 70 pastors last week. Some people could go into a group meeting and everybody you will know everybody's name when you leave. Everybody will know who you are when you leave. I'm one of these people... That when I go to a meeting like that, most likely I'm going to walk in. I'm going to sit down and the person beside me and the person on the other side of me are going to, I'll say hello, I'll have a conversation, I'm not afraid of people. But I'm going to walk away knowing those two people and I'm going to leave. Most likely I'm not going to raise my hand and give a whole lot of information about myself. I'm not going to do a lot of things like that. That is me personally. You go and you're standing in front of a group of people speaking on a weekly basis. Yes, I don't know how that works. That's a God thing. But that's kind of my personality. So when I come to this passage, or not this passage, but when I come to the thought of share him, this has been... I don't know the right word, but this has been one of those sermons to me that some of you, you might go, well, this would be the easiest sermon that a pastor could preach is evangelism, right? 
Because it's all throughout the New Testament. It's got all kinds of stuff. Go be a disciple. Go be a fisher of men and, and go into the harvest. It's all white. It's ready. And it just needs laborers. Go and be a laborer. And it's got all of these different things. And we can go through. And, and I could encourage you in a lot of different things with evangelism. But here's me personally. I'm, I'm thinking of myself. And maybe I'm, I shouldn't. But as I think of myself, here's what I often did when I sat where you sat and a preacher would say, now go, the world is dying and going to hell and we need to go and tell everybody. I would go, awesome. Because I know that in my mind. But it's hard for me to walk up to a random person and go, hey, I'm Aaron Flanagan. I want you to come to church with me. It, and I'm sorry if you're looking at me going, you're the pastor and you're supposed to be the number one guy in all the world that tells everybody about Jesus. Yep, that's my job. But here's the reality of that. The reality for me is not too much different than the reality is for many of you that sit in this room. God didn't say... All the priests and the pastors in the world are going to be the evangelists of the world and everybody else is just going to go to church and have a good day. If he did, I want to find that scripture and I want to study that a little more because I have never read that. And so as I get into this and as I go through and I've been studying and you can ask my wife and you can ask a number of different people that I've talked to. I talked to Murray yesterday and I said I just haven't wrapped my mind, my, 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 I can't even talk. I haven't wrapped my mind around it. Mindy has asked me every day how is it coming and I'm like I, I feel lost. And so this morning as I put a lot of things and as I've, I've, I've compiled some different thoughts here. I believe that it's. Partially, this sermon has been more difficult to me because it's a huge personal conviction of mine and it has been for a long time. And I try so hard. I, I do. I, I push myself. I take those little cards that are on your seat and I put them in my wallet and I make goals for myself that I give out so many of those every week. And I, I try those things because I have to do that for myself because I feel to lead you, I have to lead in that way as well. But it's hard for me. It's a convicting thing for me. And so some of that is where I've been with this sermon. Some of it I, I believe that, and I don't think that I'll, I hope I never get to a point where I'll stop saying this, but evangelism has to be something that we improve upon at our church. We have to provide opportunities. We have to, to do certain things as, as a church and as leadership that, that we can make it available to you as a body, that we can serve our community, that we can go into this, this community and serve and reach into it. And so as I look at our church, I look at Oasis as a growing church, Growing in our understanding and fully grasping who we are, embracing this new mission, new core values, the new vision of Oasis. And I believe at the core of who I am, and this will make sense and I'll kind of wrap this together here shortly, but the core of who I am has always been serving. My heart has always been to serve people. Serving the Lord and serving people. That is genuinely at the core of who I am. I love to serve people. 
And so when I look at our church and I, and I begin to go through a number of different things with who our church is, I feel that that is something that has truly came out in who we are today. And when I look at what we're doing today as a church, new people serving in different areas and, and new people stepping up to do different things and the things that we're doing within the community, I'm going to share just a few of these things. Some of these things are partially because that's the core, that's just a, that is one of my spiritual gifts. And so it's natural that that is what we do. But as we look at share, I'm going to go through this. As we look at share and I look at who our church is, I want to think of a few things that are taking place. One of them to me is an honor and a joy that our facility can be used within our community. If you drive by this facility on any given day, really, from 4 o'clock until about 9 o'clock, that gym is full of kids. On Saturdays, right now during uh, basketball season, on Saturdays this gym is packed with hundreds of people for basketball games. That's something to me that genuine, that's just, I get excited at that, that we can use that to serve our community. It's exciting to me that there's a group of, of about eight of us in a, just a couple weeks that are going to leave Las Vegas and go to Guatemala and serve in Guatemala on behalf of Oasis Baptist Church. I'm excited when I hear things about Oasis in the community of things that we have done. For example, and some of these I've shared, but just a couple weeks ago I had the opportunity to go to Cowan School. And I was able to speak to the students at Cowan School. But in the introduction, as one of the, the principal was introducing me to the group that was there, the other adults, she introduced me as the pastor at Oasis Baptist Church. And one of the folks that was there as a presenter and speaking to the students as well looked and said, Hey, I didn't know who you were, but thank you for opening up your facility. My child plays volleyball in your building. I didn't know that. He didn't know that. But it's exciting to me. And you go, well, what's that mean? These people aren't here in church. No, they're not. Many of them will never step foot in our church building. But it's exciting to me that people in our community know who we are. They speak positively about who we are. And then on top of that, when there is a need, where are they going to go? They're going to come here. That same setting, that same situation, I was walking around and going to the different classes and as I was speaking, I shared a couple things with a group of junior high students and one of the teachers walked up to me right afterwards and many of you have participated in these things, but we do a clothing drive for Cowan School. T-shirts, khaki pants, tennis shoes, different things. And one of the teachers said, I never knew that your church was the group of people that donated those clothes to us. But one of my students last semester was a homeless child, had no clothes except for the clothes that were on her back. And it was your church that gave that child clothes and shoes and socks and an outfit to wear to come to school every single day. That to me is exciting. We don't know what happens to the clothes when we give them away. When you went to Walmart or you went to wherever and you purchased that thing, we don't know what happens to those things. I found out that there was one homeless child at Cowan School that had nothing but left with the 
clothes to wear. That's something that's exciting to me. Something else that, as we continue, it's, I think of sharing and I think of where our church is and I think of Murray and the other men that go to the rescue mission on those third Mondays to preach the gospel to a group of people that are down and out. To a group of people that many times don't feel loved, that don't feel that anybody cares, that are afraid to shake a hand, that are afraid to give them a hug because they may not smell or look the way that we think that somebody should smell or look. And many people just kind of shove them aside. And I get excited when I get a text message after those Monday nights or that next following day from from Murray or from some of the other men who have spoken or who have gone there or people, ladies to sing or whatever it would be and they they made reference of five people raising a hand for salvation or, or people that were able to be prayed with and encouraged. That's exciting to me. I get encouraged on Saturday mornings when we have men from our church and ladies from our church that go to the nursing homes all across this valley and are able to teach and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to a group of older folks that, that are, are, are capable to do many things, but they can't leave those rooms for whatever circumstance that they're in those nursing homes. But we do what we can to to send people into those nursing homes to, to share and to teach and really build a small little church right inside of those rooms that are an outstand, that, are, that are an extension of Oasis. I had the opportunity for almost a year and a half to preach in one of those. Some of the most encouraging and, and exciting, maybe not exciting is not the word to use when you're preaching to the nursing home group, but one of the most encouraging things that I've had to do, that I've been able to do in my 10 years of full-time ministry was to go every Saturday morning to present or to share with those folks. Why? Because they can't, many of them can't come here. How many times I heard, I wish I could get to your church on Sunday morning. How many times Troy has told me stories, man, I, I wish we could get some of these people to church. Or others of you that go and share, Mike and, and John and, and so many others. Murray has gone and there's many of you men that have went and spoken and ladies that have sang and played piano and done all of these things. And as I think of our church and I think of this topic this morning of share, to go, I can't help but thinking of all the things that we actually do currently that are doing all of these things of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in a number of formats all across our community and across this valley. And starting in February, not just starting, but in February, going to Guatemala around the world to share the gospel with people. Some of it is my heartbeat because I love to serve. That's natural to me. To do some of the things that, were, that I just shared. But others of these things are, are things that are, like I said, maybe more difficult. But as I look at these thoughts and I look at our core value, or I, look, I look at our mission statement to be and to create passionate followers of Christ. And I look at what God has called us to do. Jesus telling us to go and to, to teach and to preach and to baptize and to, to disciple and to do all of these things. 
that each of us are to be passionate followers of Christ and in our passion that we would naturally bring others to know Him in the different areas of life that we live. And so this morning as I want to share with you just a couple thoughts as we reset as we, as we kind of continue on and tackle these different core values. I want us to go back this morning to Acts chapter 2, where we've been for a, a number of weeks now. And I'm not going to spend the bulk of my time in Acts chapter 2 this morning, but I, I want to I present my, I guess, a little bit deeper of my heart really behind my vision, I guess, to say on what it is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. This morning, I may disappoint you and that you may think that I'm going to give you the one, two, three of, of how to, to go into Las Vegas and that, that we're going to see the ne- and then this next year, we're going to see hundreds of people walk the aisle and accept Christ. And I'm going to give you the formula of how that happens. I'm really, I guess, to some regard, I am, but I'm really not. I believe with all of my being that the formula for people coming to know Christ is you and me knowing Him, worshiping Him, walking with Him, and naturally we share the gospel of Jesus Christ because of who we are and what we do, not because of the program that Oasis Baptist Church put together. And I believe some of that is proof out of Acts chapter number 2. So in Acts 2 and verse number 42, I'm going to read it once again, and it should be on the screen here. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And and it says this, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Here's what, I shouldn't say here's what, the one thing, but one of the things that has just jumped out at me over the course of studying this passage of Scripture is this. We like to, in our church settings of today, make sure that all of the programs are made simple for you and for me, that we can go into everywhere and make sure that we can tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying this morning that we're not going to put programs together and we're not going to do things that I feel that we should do as a church of going and reaching and telling people. But as I read this passage, I don't see one place in this passage where any of the leadership said, all right, church, we're going to grab a whole bunch of tracks and we're going to go hit some doors. I don't see it. What I do see, though, is people continually continuing steadfast in the doctrine they continued in fellowship they continued in breaking and bread of communion and they continued in prayer they did four things and they did them well 
And as they did those four things, they served their community, they served each other, they loved each other, and based on that, on those men and women falling in love with Christ, at the end of the story, at the end of the passage, it says, and the Lord added to the church daily that which, or such as should be saved. Not because in the first church, They had a great program to reach people to grow and build their church. Here's what we've done with our local church movements and our local church plantings and all of these things, of which many of them, I'm not discrediting any of this. Please don't take away from the fact that there's programs that are great programs that assist and to help in what we're doing. But much of the problem is, is that we add adhere to and we adopt to programs in our church as opposed to teaching people to love people and to love God and to pray and to do the things that God has called us to do, which is simply love Him and love others. As we do those things, it is upon my heart to naturally live the life and people will be added daily. I would like to say that every time that we do door hangers and every time that we do outreach pushes within our church body, that hundreds and hundreds of people come to this church. The reality is that's not the case. And you're like, well, the next time you do it, then we're not coming. No, that's not the point this morning. The point is this. Do you know who comes to this church most of the time? It's people that you have reached into your neighborhood and said, hey, I would love for you to come to church with me. Hey, I just, we've been going to this church and it's just, I've really enjoyed it. Would you come with me? It's people that have seen people doing all of these things, loving and growing and doing these things. And it's most of the stuff, the people that stick and the people that stay around and all these things. Yes, we get people because we're on the freeway. We get people that look at our website. We get people in all of these things. And we're going to continue to do those things. And we're going to continue to go in the neighborhoods. And we're going to continue all of that. But most people come to the church, whether it's ours or anybody else, because of word of mouth and because of interaction with one another. You know that the interaction with one another has nothing to do with the program that Oasis Baptist Church has put on? It's because you and I are growing in the Lord. And so as I have really just completely this last week, I've, I felt like I've hit my head on the wall a million different times. God, I need the three points. I need the three points. What are the three points that I can preach on Sunday? Because I'm a pastor, I have to have three or four points, right? And I'm thinking, how can I drive this home? And how can I drive this home? And, and I kept going back to this passage of Scripture. Well, nowhere does it say that we have to have all these programs. It's simple that we need to know Christ. What did I speak the very first week? To know Him and Him crucified. As I know Him, as I get to know Jesus Christ, As I understand the crucifixion, and I understand who He is, and I understand where He sits, and I understand all of those things, I naturally fall upon my face to worship an Almighty God, and my life changes. 
from the inside out, my life changes. I don't put on a suit and become a better looking guy. I don't do any of those things. My life changes on the inside and it comes out. As that takes place and that natural worship takes place, I want to abide in Him and I want to live my life to the abundance and to the fullest that I can. And as those things happen, I naturally share my faith. And it may not be that you go to your neighbor and say, hey, do you know if you're going to heaven or hell? It may not be that. It may be that you love your neighbor. It may be that you have the opportunity to share the gospel very plainly in that you ask the question, well, what is your eternal state? Do you understand where you go when after this life? But sometimes, as we'll get into this next passage of Scripture, sometimes that's not the case. I think sometimes in, in our walk, I think sometimes we look at it and we go, well, I didn't bring somebody to Christ. And I think that should be a goal of all of ours. Who was the last person that you got to share and witness and, and lead to Christ? That should be a goal of all of ours. We should pray daily, God, if somebody comes down my way, if somebody walks down my path, that I would be open to your Holy Spirit's calling, that I would present, that I would share, that I would invite, that I would do all of those things. We should be open to God's leading in that that manner. But as we go for the next couple minutes, and I promise they're going to be short, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, it's a passage of Scripture, starting in verse number 1, where really you've got a lot of, Paul calls them carnal. If you study it a little bit, it's really looking at mature Christians versus immature Christians. They're folks that know Christ as Savior, and they begin to kind of bicker a little bit back and forth as to kind of, if we go back to the disciples, who's better? I'm better, you're better, why, how can I get better, how do I, and all those types of things. And we're kind of in this situation with what's going on here, the church at Corinth. But we look here in chapter number 3, and I'll start reading in verse number 1 again, it should be on the screens. But it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal, for where, whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Verse 5, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, as e- or even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that hath, that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, 
Ye are God's building, according to the grace of God which is given unto me. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For the next couple moments, I just want to look at at just a portion of this passage of Scripture, and I'm just very briefly going to hit through the the first section there. As I stated, that Paul is really kind of dealing with an immature group of people and and let me, let me give you a couple quotes here of Warren Wearsby as I was studying. Warren says this, It is not difficult to determine a believer's spiritual maturity or immaturity if you discover what kind of diet he enjoys. The immature believer knows little about the present ministry of Christ in heaven. He knows the facts about our Lord's life and ministry on earth, but not the truths about his present ministry in heaven. He lives on Bible stories and not Bible doctrines. I would say that that's many that sit in our churches today. Living on Bible stories, but not the doctrines of Christ. And that's not bad, but if we live on Bible stories, then we're not growing. If we get our, get where we're going there. He also says this, there's another way to determine maturity. The mature Christian practices love and seeks to get along with others. Children like to disagree and fuss. Children like to identify with heroes whether they be sports heroes or Hollywood heroes. The babes in Corinth were fighting over which preacher was the greatest, Paul, Apollos, or Peter. It sounded like children on the playground. They were were being immature. They were being all of these things, and Paul comes to a place and he says, Who is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. He's basically coming along and he, Paul looks at them and he says, well, well, who is he and who am I? They are doing the work that God has called them to do, whether it's Peter or whether it's Apollos or whether it's Paul or whether whoever it is. They are simply servants doing what God has called them to do. And you guys are basically saying, well, well I'm from Paul's tribe and I'm from Apollos' tribe and I'm from Peter's tribe and he's better than you and my dad is stronger than your dad. It's kind of what was going on. And Paul says this. He looks at him and or he read the letters writ read and he says basically here's the reality guys. Paul is doing what he's called to do. Apollos is doing what he's called to do. Peter's doing what he's called to do and at the end of the day there is but one God who is really going to increase, who's going to give the increase, who's going to do the things that need to happen. And as I think on and as I look at our, our, our idea today and our topic today and the core value that we have with share, here's what it involves. It involves each and every one of us loving and feeding and discipling and going and sharing and, and telling and doing all these things. Really, it comes down to you and me using our gifts. But just like it says in Acts chapter 2, God builds the church day by day. I believe with all of my heart I have to be faithful for God to continue to do the work. I don't believe that God is going to multiply this place if we're not ready for God to multiply this place. And so as I look at this thought as I look at this 
word of share and as I look at our core values and I think of some of the things that we're doing today, dealing with Cowan, dealing with our gymnasium, dealing with the rescue mission, dealing with the Women's Resource Medical Center, dealing with uh, the ner- excuse me, the nursing homes and dealing with, with Guatemala and dealing with all of the things, local missions and foreign missions and all of these things, I, I, I can't help but think of going back to this passage of Scripture in, Acts, or in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And it says in 6, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. And I've got three very, very simple points this morning. That's a long introduction to a short sermon, I guess you could say. But i got three simple points. The first of that is being gifts. Each of us are called to do certain things. Some of you have gifts that are different than mine. And that's a good thing. But here's what we can't do. I can't look at myself because I may stand in front of people any different than you who may have a gift that's you just very, actually maybe you're similar to me. You would rather just clean the toilets and no one have a clue who you were. But here's what we do in our church life. Well, I get to teach a Sunday school class. Well, I'm a deacon. Well, I sing on the praise team. Well, I do this, and will I do this, and will I do this, and all of these things are, we boast ourselves up because of a position that we hold that may stand in front of people, and people look at us and all of these different things. Paul basically said, hey, guess what? You're all a bunch of morons. Because he said, neither is he that planteth anything. How about that? Paul looks at me, basically, and he says, Hey, Aaron, just because you're a preacher, you're nothing. Is that not the reality of it, though? Who am I? And who are you? Because outside of Christ, none of us are anything. I shared last week in, in, in John, I believe it was, I can't remember the passage of Scripture specifically, but ba- or John chapter 15, where he says, unless you're a part of the vine, you are, you're nothing. Outside, apart from me, you can do nothing. I can stand here and I can preach until I'm read, and sometimes I do, and I can spit everywhere, and I can do all kinds of different things. I can do tricks, I can do everything up here, but if God is not in it, I can't do anything. There is nothing that I can do. I can be the greatest orator. I can bring in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. But outside of God giving the increase, I am nothing. He says, basically, go use your gifts and trust that God is in it and watch God do his thing. I've said this not long ago. I encourage people to serve. And I encourage people to serve within their giftedness. But the reality of it is, if you're at Oasis Baptist Church and you're serving because of Aaron Flanagan, you're serving for the wrong reason. You don't serve me. 
If you work in that coffee shop, thank you so much for working at the Oasis Cafe. Sorry, I can't give you a good wage. However, you don't serve coffee to the people. You serve God, and by serving God, you serve others. And you know what that means? That means sometimes somebody's going to complain that their coffee wasn't right. Someone's going to complain that there wasn't enough creamer, or there was too much creamer, or it wasn't hot enough, it was too cold, or they didn't like this, or they didn't like that. And here's the reality. All of that stinks, and sometimes I want to reach across and just smack somebody inside the head and say, listen, we're trying to serve, and we're trying to love God. But the reality of it is, I don't serve you, I serve Him. In serving Him, I get the opportunity to serve you and deal with people. As we use our gifts, God is the only one that brings the increase. God is the only one that brings people to know Jesus Christ as His Lord and Savior. But that happens, why? Because He gives you and He gives me the opportunity to do that. One of the things that I try to teach my kids, we don't have to go to church, we get to go to church. When we're here with, when we're here with our kids on Saturdays, cleaning and setting up and doing the things that, that just making sure that Sunday's okay... I I tell my kids all the time, we don't have to do this. You don't do this because dad's pastor. You do this because you get to serve God. It's a different mindset. Because I'm not doing it for you. I've been told for two years, Aaron, quit cleaning on Saturdays. Quit cleaning on Saturdays. Quit cleaning on Saturdays. And I want to look at all of you. Shut your mouths. I love coming on Saturdays. Now, there's times I want to sleep in a little bit longer than others, and there's times that I'd like to do so. I thoroughly enjoy it. Why? That's part of my ministry opportunity. I don't do that because I'm the pastor. I, if you were here seven, eight years ago, I did the same thing. Why? I, I said it. I love to serve. If you've seen my dad, he runs around this place like a chicken with his head cut off. Guess what? He was my father. I've seen that all of my life. That's all that I know. And I don't say that to brag on him or myself. It's just, that's, an, that's my giftedness. Part of that is as God uses those things, the difference is made. My giftedness may be different than yours, But Paul says, all of it is nothing outside of him. It's not because Paul was a better preacher, or Apollos was a better preacher, or Peter was a better preacher. No. It wasn't about that. He said he may have planted, the other may have watered, the other may have seen the increase. But the reality of it is, they were all working on the same team, all doing the same thing. And when somebody comes to Christ, we all get to glory in it. I'm not going to lie, there's times I've been jealous that somebody led somebody else to the Lord. And I've thought, man, daggone it, I was the one that talked to that guy first. I want to be able to say, look what I did. I'm not going to, about a year and a half ago, I sent somebody to Rich Frank. I said, hey, go talk to Rich. Rich, this guy needs Jesus. Rich led him to the Lord. I'm not kidding, when I left, I'm like, are you kidding me? I could have done that. Personally, selfishly, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit ticked off. But here's the reality. Rich and I are on the same team, and that gentleman came to know Christ as Savior, and we can both celebrate in that. 
It's not about him versus me or you versus me or you versus the next guy. We're all on the same team reaching the same goal of seeing people come to Christ and grow in him. Gifts. The next one is the unity of the gift. No matter what work a person is doing for the Lord, he is still a part of the harvest. In verse number 8, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. You know what's great? I'm going to be rewarded as a pastor for being faithful for whatever I am. You're going to be rewarded as a servant in whatever capacity that you're going to be rewarded for. God's not going to look at you and go, well, you weren't a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, so your rewards are less. No, he didn't call you to be a pastor. Sometimes I wish you didn't call me to be a pastor. <laughs> but that's your reward and my reward. It's going to be based on what? Our faithfulness to him. He's not going to look at you and go, well, Troy, you led 10 people to Christ and Jerry, you led four. I'm sorry, Jerry, you don't get all of this. That's not how it works. It's our faithfulness. It's our, it's our using of our gifts and then understanding we're one. He says in eight, we are one. He that planteth, he that watereth, they're one. And every man shall receive his own reward. Again, I I want to, I wish, there's so much of me that wants to just like jump around and scream and give you the whole big, huge, whatever. Let's go and take the world. It's just not within me today. Because I don't think It's about me doing that. I think it's your heart. It's my heart. I asked my wife the question, Mindy, if I were to stand up there and scream and yell, go and tell everybody about Jesus, she said this to me. I said, what are you going to do? She goes, nothing. I'm like, thanks. You think I feel awkward? Sometimes with what I do, and I've shared this with you, you have no idea who my wife is. I broke up with this woman because she wouldn't talk. This is a true story. She was so quiet, I couldn't even have a conversation. She would not serve in ministry with me. Because she didn't know the teenagers in the youth group when I was serving in ministry. And I'm thinking, you married a youth pastor. You've got to do this. Help me out. She loves kids. She loved to serve four-year-olds. It took every ounce of being for her to go and to work with junior hires because I was working with junior hires and that was our ministry. And so when I asked her, If I were to scream and shout and tell you guys we need to go and we need to do all these things and blah, 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 she goes, I'm going to pretty much not do much different than what I do right now. She has a hard time talking to some of you. Not because you're weird. She's just quiet. Some of you are weird. Hey, can you come back to church next Sunday? (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, why? Because we all have different personalities. 
I know some of you, I could tell you right now, hey, go out of here and just, and hopefully this charge kind of hits on all angles. But some of you, go, leave, go and tell somebody. You're going to walk out of the door. You're going to find the most random stranger you can. You're going to say, hey, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Because that's some of you. And we need that. Some of you that used to be that, we need that again. You need that again. But we have to understand it's all, we're all one. We're the, it's the unity of the gift. Some of us may water, some of us may plant. We all have different things, but it's us working together. And here, let me share this, and then I'm, I've got one last point and we're done. Sometimes we think we're just watering and we get the opportunity to, to reap the harvest. Have you ever just thought you're inviting somebody to church and then they started asking you questions and it led to leading somebody to the Lord? Or have you ever just went along and done something, you're working with a coworker, and then they ask you the questions and from that you get the opportunity to share Christ with them? You didn't have any intention of doing it. You were just living your life. You were watering or you were planting or you were doing whatever and because of that you had the opportunity. Maybe this is silly. Rich just happened to be there on that particular day where the guy came and talked to me and there was a line of people waiting to talk to me and I said, hey, hold on, and I went and grabbed Rich. Rich was not there on that particular moment to lead that guy to Christ. I was, and he took over my, he took all of my glory. But no, Rich was actually getting ready to leave. But on that particular day, Rich had the opportunity to reap that harvest. Just like many others of you. You've had those opportunities. Why? Because somebody else may have used their gift, or you may just be using your gift. And in unity of one accord, we all are able to do this. And the last point this morning is let God. It is not the human laborers that produce the harvest, but the Lord of the harvest. God gave the increase. God has ordained that human beings should be his ministers on earth, but their efforts are apart from God's blessing would be failures. The Corinthians were proud of their church. Various groups in the assemblies were proud of their leaders. And I hope, can I be, I hope you're proud of your pastor. You don't need to clap, but I, I hope you are. And if you're here from out of town, I hope you're proud of the pastor that you come from. But I'm working with your pastor. We're just on other sides of the world. We're on the same team. But, okay, back to it. But the attitude of being puffed up was dividing the church because God was not receiving the glory. It went back to that pastor getting the glory or, or Paul or Apollos or whatever it was. It goes back to what I shared last week that, that we have to be dead men walking. We have to die to ourselves. We have to understand that we do what we are called to do, but God has to do the work. We have to be obedient. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. What men may think of, of our ministry is not important. What God may think is of supreme importance. Our reward must not be the praise of men, but the, the well done of the Lord of the harvest. God wants to see increase in his field. 
He wants each local church to produce fruit. If we were to go, we could go through the, the Galatians chapter 5 and the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, and, and we can look through passages of Scripture over and over and over again of what it is, what, what fruit is. And, and in Romans, it speaks of fruit as holiness, or, or it speaks of giving, it speaks of our good works, it speaks of the, the praise of the Lord being our fruit. But this morning... As I wrap things up, much of what I said this morning is really just kind of off my heart. It's just not the most polished thing I've ever put together. But I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely believe evangelism and outreach of a local church is in part because of a program that we put together but the most important program that is put together is that we encourage you to know Jesus Christ and know God's Word. And as you know Jesus Christ and you know God's Word and you will, you will begin to worship Him in through your life and you will begin to walk with Him and abide with Him and you will begin to do all those things, the natural outflow of that is sharing of God's Word to other people that need to hear it. And that may be because you were at Cowan School. That may be because you went to the rescue mission. That may be because you were a part of something else. That may be because we did an outreach drive. That may be because we we went into a neighborhood and gave door hangers. Or it may be because of a million other things. But at the end of the deal, it has to be that I know Him, I am worshiping Him, I am walking with Him, and it is natural that as I'm doing those things, I am obeying Christ, and when that opportunity arises, I am obedient to it, and I take a hold of what is right in front of me. Not because Oasis Baptist Church had the greatest outreach program ever. And I would love one day that we would have that. You know what's more exciting to me? This may be really silly to you. But it's really exciting to me to see that our teenagers are bringing their friends to church. Why? Because that's kind of what we're supposed to do. That's outreach. That's evangelism. It's exciting to me that you are coming up to me on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and you're saying, hey, pastor, this is my neighbor, such and such. Hey, pastor, I work with this person and we invited them. They've come to church. That is what's exciting to me. Because why? Because as you know him, that is the outpour of everything that we are. If we go back to Acts 2, Who added to the church daily? God did. If we look at 1 Corinthians, who gave the increase? God did. But what did he use in all of it? Faithful, obedient people that were just simply obedient to the call that God had called them to. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. 
And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.